Welcome to Center Ice, the Hockey Alberta podcast, home to all things hockey in our great province. Now, here's your host, Ted Emmett. Hello and welcome back to really a new season of the Center Ice podcast. After a little bit of a summer break, we are back and so is hockey season. I'm your host, Ted Emmett. Also excited to be back, so that means they didn't replace me over the summer. Wasn't too sure about that, but here I am. And at the time this episode comes out, we'll be right smack dab in the middle of National Coaches Week. So it's only fitting that we have a coach-themed episode this time around, just so we can take the opportunity to say thanks, coach, to all the amazing volunteer coaches out there and the coaches everywhere uh, that put countless hours of their own time into making the game happen. And we really should say thanks, coach, every day. Every week, every month, every year, but National Coaches Week is a great way to do it. And to shed a little more light on the coach development opportunities that Hockey Alberta offers, uh, coaches at all levels across the province, we're going to chat with Hockey Alberta Senior Manager of Development, Justin Fessick, and then we'll do a bit of a a coaching panel, the first time we've ever had three guests on at once, uh, with Hockey Alberta's coach mentor, Barry Midori, Team Alberta U16 male assistant coach, Alex Mandelidis, and two-time Olympic gold medalist and 2019 Canada Winter Games gold medalist as the head coach of Team Alberta U18 female, Carla McLeod. So uh, looking forward to both those interviews. And before we get to that, even after a break, it's kind of still the same old spiel. Once again in Alberta, the environment is rapidly changing. Uh, Lots of different government rules and restrictions coming down and changing all the time. So the state of hockey in our province could very well change drastically between the time I'm recording this and the time you hear it. So make sure you keep that in mind. But as always, head to HockeyAlberta.ca for the latest information and news. And with that, let's get to our first guest. Joining us now is Hockey Alberta's Senior Manager of Hockey Development, Justin Fessick, to talk a little bit about coaching development. So Justin, thanks for sitting down. Uh, Feels pretty good to do a, a live interview here. Might be the last one again for a while. So welcome. Yeah, thanks, uh, Ted. Uh, always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, it is nice to talk in person uh, in our office. So good environment to be in right now. First off, you've been with Hockey Alberta since 2005. So over 15 years now, you've seen a lot of evolution in not just your role, but the organization as a whole. So maybe just start off by talking a bit about what your current role is, or maybe even start at the beginning and, and where you started and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, it's been a bit of a wild ride of, uh, you know, a kid graduating uh, out of university in Saskatchewan and not really knowing the path of uh, growing up and uh, had the opportunity to uh, to get a job with Hockey Alberta and uh, was fortunate enough to open our first regional centre and our regional centre happened to be in Grand Prairie. So, um, you know, did a little bit of a different location for me being a small town Saskatchewan boy, but I think the opportunity to work in hockey was something that I obviously I relished and uh, from there moved on and, uh, you know, had the, you know, the luxury of working in four different uh, roles within Hockey Alberta and yeah, all the way to the senior manager of hockey development and oversee all of our coach programming uh, in Alberta, all our player development, uh, and then also uh, most recently our Team Alberta program and a lot of our elite programming through our AEHL and AFHL. And you've also had the opportunity to work in uh, some different areas like the Team Alberta program or, or with Hockey Canada as well too. So from that, you've seen player development, coach development at pretty much every level of the game. Yeah, um, having a young family, uh, been through it, started out at, uh, you know, the U7 and the intro to hockey model with my own kids and then uh, moving on as well to be the director of operations when we still operated the national under 17 program. Um, so yeah, all the way up to a national level down to, uh, you know, the U7 kids. So seen it all, been part of it all. Uh, a lot of great experiences, worked with a ton of great people and uh, a lot of different challenges as a coach uh, as you move through the different levels, uh, you know, but obviously very rewarding, but just different challenges needed at each level. And it's it's National Coaches Week, so obviously we're going to talk about that a bit. And just from your perspective, both as a Hockey Alberta, with your role with Hockey Alberta, and as a coach yourself, as a parent, as a hockey parent, how important is a coach, not only for player development, but really just as a, a part of everyone's life? You know, because, uh, you know, I can remember growing up, I still remember a lot of my coaches. A lot of them were, were, was my dad a lot of the time, but, you know, coaches are, can be a huge figure in people's lives. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, it's the one piece that we we maybe overlook, but just the ability to be a role model um, for not only you know your own children if you happen to be a parent coach, but also all the other kids on the team. And um, it's similar to a teacher role. The amount of time I, I think we maybe underestimate how much time a coach spends with kids, uh, you know, throughout their their hockey season. Uh, very similar, very relatable to a, a teacher in a classroom. And and those of you that are parents, you know, your kids uh, most of them make special bonds with their teachers. Can name them by name, um, you know, from grade to grade. And I think it's no different in hockey as, as kids move up. Uh, you know, the, the adult influences become very influential in who they are and who they become. And obviously, it, the, the main point is just their, you know, their experience within the game. So I, I always say that coaches kind of hold the kingdom, uh, the key to the kingdom for a kid's development and their experience. And that rolls perfectly into the next question, because obviously at Hockey Alberta, player development is the largest arguably most important part of, of what we do here at Hockey Alberta, but coach development is is huge too, not only to make sure we're developing good coaches, but how does that translate to player development if we're doing our part to help develop great coaches? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's why we do exist at Hockey Alberta. Uh, we are a membership and a participant-driven organization. Uh, it does boil down to, to more kids uh, playing and experiencing the game. Uh, but then all the components around the things that affect the kids' experiences is the part that we would look at. So, you know, looking at Hockey Alberta annually, we have over 60,000 youth playing the game. Uh, and in, on, on any given year, we have about 16,000 coaches. So uh, there's some big numbers there as we look at. Uh, but really, when we looked at it as an organization, uh, how are we really going to truly affect that's those 60,000 youth participants in our game? And, and the easiest way when we looked at it, a little overwhelming at that number, but uh, we were able to take a smaller chunk and really look at the coaches and the influence that they have and giving them all the tools that they need to provide the positive experience for the kids. Um, you know, when we look at the training and leadership component, we can provide that. Uh, but once coaches get that, they're kind of on their own uh, and they really are the ones who lead and guide that player's experience and that player's development. And then also we encourage them to, you know, hold the, the keys to the tools uh, that can have every kid reach their potential in our sport. And, and ideally that falls uh, majority of the time back right on the coach. So pretty big responsibility, but again, exciting role uh, for, you know, our adult leaders and our, our leaders within the game in hockey. So. And it's, it's got to be a moving target as well, because, you know, you're not dealing with kids where a lot of times you're teaching them something for the first time you have adults now who have grown up maybe coached a different way because I think we've seen it at every level of the game coaching style has changed a lot so there are kind of some speed bumps and, and a lot of learning curve on hockey Alberta's side for really how to best work with these coaches and develop them because you know they may come in with a completely different mindset. Well I think there's been an evolution in in the game and in society so I think the demands from the consumer or the player and even the families is quite a bit more um, as we look at it, uh, the game has become more skilled. It's become faster. Uh, it's become maybe less team focused, less technical, uh, but more real individual skill. And, and we see that in today's day and age with the, the elite players in the NHL. And, and those are the new role models for the kids. Uh, and that's where they want to strive to achieve. So we have not only, you know, as a coach, you have the responsibility of running a team, uh, providing a safe environment, giving kids the tools, but more and more the demands are for the coaches to really understand the areas of skill development and what are the skills needed to execute the tactics within the game. And that's the part that parents are looking for. That's the fun stuff where the kids get to be creative, uh, really push themselves uh, outside of their limits, uh, but really do some pretty neat things with the puck and really increase the pace of play. So uh, the demands have have definitely grown. Um, we, we look, you also talk about the technology within the game. Uh, the way we teach shooting is drastically different. Uh, you know, as we now we've got these composite sticks. Uh, so just technique has become really prominent. And what we want to do is teach kids proper technique at younger ages. So when they do get the strength and ability that they can reach their potential. So a lot of different things changed in the environment uh, in the game, but again, always exciting. And, and the evolution is, uh, you know, is always there. And uh, that's what keeps us busy and, and working day to day. So. 
And there are a, a ton of opportunities available for coaches or even for organizations to utilize through Hockey Alberta. Uh, what are some of those? Because I know there's uh, we do a lot here and there's probably a lot that people may not realize. So maybe we'll start off with, you mentioned at the, the top there, the regional centers and how it's evolved from you in Grand Prairie. And now there's six across the province, including one here in Red Deer for the central region. But talk a bit about the evolution of the regional centers and and what they offer to our members. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I, I opened the first regional center back in 2006, uh, which seems like quite a while ago now. Uh, it took us a while to actually establish uh, that framework and what it would look like. Uh, we weren't able to open our second center until 2010. So we had four years of operation to try to figure out, you know, what were the needs? What was the purpose? Uh, how much service could we provide? Uh, what were our associations looking for? Uh, and really, we found that evolution around the coach development really opened a new door and it became a, a whole new area of service that we could provide as Hockey Alberta. So shortly after 2010, uh, we did expand to our, our five additional centers by 2013. So it took four years for the second one. And then within three years, we, we opened five additional ones. So uh, after, you know, we were able to prove the strategy, uh, we moved very quickly uh, because we knew, you know, that there was a need out there and that we could provide more support to associations and better developing their coaches. Um, as we look at it, you know, in our strategic direction, uh, creating a, a really, um, I'd say, comprehensive coach development plan is really important. Uh, we have focused on a coaching pathway. And within that pathway, you know, first and foremost, the coach development does start at the local level. So we want to create an environment where our associations put the amount of emphasis needed uh, and support mechanisms in place to develop their coaches. And then we would progress all the way through. Uh, we do offer uh, the National Coach Certification Program. So those are our minimum coach requirements that all coaches need to take as a head coach, uh, you know, as a part of a team within Hockey Alberta. Uh, so that's a regulation put in place. Uh, but what we really found is uh, with the national programming, uh, it, it gave coaches a broad base and gave them the confidence to run a team. Uh, but we really wanted to tailor that further. Uh, we have the ability in Alberta. We have unique challenges. Uh, and what we wanted to do is really have our coach education program catered to the needs uh, of the players within Alberta and what the coaches needed as well. So uh, gathering a lot of information, uh, looking at, you know, what we could do to enhance the coach's ability to deliver. Uh, we created a lot of different options within our coaching pathway, um, whether it's around leadership, uh, whether it's getting kids at the midget level involved through our future coaches program. Uh, we have a post-secondary program called our future leaders development program, uh, which which gets post-secondary kids exposed to coaching and giving them some tools. Uh, and then all the way as we go through, right, to our AA models, AAA models, and what I would call our pinnacle to our coaching pathway, which would be our Team Alberta program. Uh, for those coaches that, you know, are, are have the ability to be involved in that, uh, it is, a, I wouldn't say a crash course, but it, it definitely gives them the hands-on practical teaching knowledge that you can't really get anywhere else. Uh, when we bring them in, they select a team, they go to a competition. And then through that, all of the coaches uh, have a mentorship or a mentor opportunity where they are attached and each team has a mentor. So really second to none. Uh, I think it is leading in the whole country with regards to what we do with our Team Alberta program uh, and something we pride ourselves on at Hockey Alberta as an additional avenue for coaches to be the best they can be. So really a, a lot out there for, for coaches, for all our members to utilize in the way of development. And it's all on our website, so we won't make you sit here and list everything off one by one. Uh, but really the easiest way, if, if any coaches are curious about what's available to them, obviously just call or contact your regional center, right? That's what they're, that's what they're here for. Yeah, our regional center locations are strategically placed uh, across the province. Uh, there's the six centers. Uh, they do each have operating areas. Uh, so all of the minor hockey associations have a designated regional center as their first line of contact. Um, and if you, you know, if they are looking for support around the coach development piece, around any player development initiatives, that is their front line. So in a, you know, in a value chain and a, and a good communication path, uh, we do want them to be the front line. And then from there, we can filter out as to what the needs are. Uh, and hopefully service at a very high level uh, to what the needs are of each individual association. And you mentioned, uh, you know, all the different programs and with your 15 plus years at Hockey Alberta, it has to be pretty cool too, because you've seen 
a number of coaches grow from the grassroots level to coaching in, you know, the Western Hockey League or even beyond a couple coaches in the NHL. What's that been like for, for you personally, just to be a part of that growth and, and see these coaches go from really realize their dreams? Yeah, I think it uh, it's a sense of pride and uh, it's that creating that coaching fraternity. And and I think, you know, the one component is just, you know, once you go into battle with a coach on a team or a competition, you really develop that lifelong friendship. And so I've kept in touch with a lot of the, the guys I've been able to work with, um, the guys that have moved on to maybe coach at World Juniors, uh, Michael Dick with a world championship last year. Uh, lots of people that have gone through our program uh, started, you know, at, at a different level, uh, but worked their way up. And, and and I think we pride ourselves. Uh, we've been very, very, um, uh, you know, I guess lucky in our short-term competitions. Uh, and, and that's a testament to our coaching fraternity that we've built. Uh, we, we've been very successful on any national level or Western level, uh, bringing home multiple gold medals uh, numerous times and always in the running and competing uh, for that first place uh, position. So that's a testament to the coaches in Alberta and the ability for us to, you know, not, not only develop them, but, you know, maintain those relationships uh, and then giving them the tools and then utilizing their expertise to benefit the kids in Alberta. So, yeah, definitely rewarding. And uh, yeah, it's it's neat to see people move on and be successful at all levels. So. And a couple more coming up on the show as well. With We have a panel with Alex Mandelidis and Carla McLeod. Obviously, with Carla has her, her playing success, but also success as a coach in the Team Alberta program. And Alex is he's getting ready to be part of uh, the U16 camp that's about to happen here. So uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on, and it, it's hard not to talk about the pandemic because it's been now such a huge part of our lives, but obviously the last year and a half it has been a, a struggle and the 2020-21 season really barely got off the ground in, in terms of playing time for players. But you know, Barry Midori has mentioned on this show that it's not a lost year. So from the development side, what kind of opportunities were there? Um, and I know Hockey Alberta did a lot to try and in a different way, especially over Zoom, you know, develop coaches and still use that time to, to make sure that they could develop these coaches off the ice and provide a different unique learning opportunity. So from, from your standpoint and everyone here on the development side of Hockey Alberta, what, what was that like? Yeah, it's interesting because you, you talk to a lot of people and, uh, you know, I guess taking the NHL uh, type of model, but, you know, coaches are so busy throughout the season. And, you know, they got six to eight months of working in, in their team and, and developing and leading them. And, and the one part we kind of forget about is when do coaches have time to develop? And really that is during those off seasons and that downtime within their season. So, um, you know, saying the pandemic was a loss is, is probably not true, but at the same point, when the, you know, the game wasn't able to be operated on the ice, uh, we were able to offer some opportunities for coaches to continually hone their trade. Cause just as we want players to develop, we definitely encourage coaches to develop as well. Um, so we did have some pockets of time where we were able to offer some online training, uh, but even just reaching out and, you know, during a time of need, you know, touching base with coaches, seeing how they're doing, uh, what are the types of things they're doing with their teams? How can we continually support? But I think really finding that time and, and really the, the lifelong coaches and the, the growth mindset coaches are the ones who take advantage of those opportunities and, and finding that time to really continue and hone their craft so they can be the best they can be. So uh, a bit of a different spin, but something we can think about is when do coaches really get the time to develop, uh, you know, because they are so busy through a season worrying about other Others, but you can be a little bit selfish in some downtime and, and take that opportunity to make yourself better. And I think it's a, another area as well where, you know, the whole telecommuting type of way of doing things and using Zoom for one has really changed the game and probably something I would think that'll be utilized in the future, even when we hopefully transition back to being able to do things in person again fully, because I know, uh, you know, you can get a coach come on and from wherever they are in the world and talk to the Alberta coaches and stuff. So I have to assume that's something uh, that's going to keep being utilized. Yeah, the, the technology has, has been a, definitely a bonus and it's here to stay. Uh, it is part of our educational plan moving forward. And like you said, it, it's, uh, there is an opportunity to connect around the world. Uh, we, we've had Ralph Kruger on before from Germany. We've had other guys on and, and it's just interesting. You, you know, you have different 
challenges with time zone and changes in that. Uh, but it is, uh, it's definitely, it's, it's connecting the world uh, in a way which was very difficult before. Uh, as a nonprofit organization, obviously to bring people in in person, travel them around uh, becomes very difficult and, and it is taxing on our membership. So finding ways to be more efficient, to deliver, you know, obviously key messages, uh, but obviously sharing, you know, coaching experiences as well will be here and uh, definitely something we're looking at. Um, through that, you know, we are looking at within our league structure, uh, definitely supporting throughout the season. As we found, it's really hard to do in-person stuff in the season. So we are able now, while a coach is continually coaching, we can find ways to touch on things at key points within the season. Uh, we are able to get messaging out instantaneously uh, in, a, in, in a very effective way as well, where you could actually go face-to-face. And uh, I just think back of the days of the old conference calls, and now those are such a thing of the past. And and everything's about video and seeing people in reaction and actually communicating uh, through technology and, and definitely been a bonus and and something that, uh, you know, we'll take advantage of moving forward here at Hockey Alberta. Well, we won't take up much more of your time, Justin, but thank you for for hopping on here. As I mentioned, it's always a pleasure to have people from the office here in Hockey Alberta on. I think we have a, a lot to talk about, a lot to share and a lot to be proud of. So thank you again for sharing really a, a, just a little bit of insight into the coaching development side of Hockey Alberta. And thank you to you and the whole development team for everything you do. Yeah, no, thanks, Ted. It's, uh, yeah, something that we probably don't brag about enough for sure, but there's a lot going on. And uh, yeah, we got a staff of 14 that's out there day to day uh, trying to make the game better. And we want to continually support that. So yeah, thanks a lot. And uh, yeah, all the best. A huge thank you again to Justin Fessick for taking the time to shed a little more light on Hockey Alberta's coach development opportunities. And we recorded that one a little while ago, so it was nice to have an in-person interview after what feels like forever and honestly not sure when I'm going to get to do that again. So yeah, that was nice. For more information on anything coach-related that uh, Justin and I talked about, you can head to HockeyAlberta.ca and click on the Coaches tab. Now, of course, before we move on, it's time to catch up on what's going on in hockey around the province. So here's what you need to know. Lots of coach-related news to start the new hockey season, hey, which ties in perfectly to this episode. First of all, Hockey Alberta's Coach of the Month program is back, which means you can say thanks, Coach, to that difference maker in your community by nominating them for a Coach of the Month award. Monthly winners will receive a coaching package from Players Bench Team Apparel worth over $500, so get those nominations in. And for all the coaches out there listening, a reminder that it is clinic season, so make sure you take advantage of all the clinics being offered, but also make sure that your coach requirements are up to date. So if you need to find out which requirements you need or how to register for a clinic, just head to hockeyalberta.ca, drop down the coaches tab, and click coaching requirements. And last but not least, the 10th annual World Girls Ice Hockey Weekend takes place October 15th to 17th, well, you guessed it, all over the world. And players, teams, and communities across Alberta are encouraged to join in and celebrate the female game by either joining in on an existing event or hosting an event of their own in their community. So you can head to our website for more details on that one as well. And that's what you need to know. As always, head to hockeyalberta.ca for more details. And now joining us, we have a fantastic trio of coaches, starting with Mount Royal University men's hockey assistant coach. That's a mouthful there. Alex Mandelitis, who's also serving as an assistant coach for Team Alberta U16 male this year. So Alex, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. Also with us is two-time Olympic gold medalist Carla McLeod, who not only played for Team Alberta in 95 and 99 at the Canada Winter Games, but also won a gold medal at the 2019 Canada Winter Games here in Red Deer with Team Alberta U18 female as the head coach, and very recently actually named the head coach of the women's hockey at the University of Calgary. So Carla, congratulations there, and thanks for joining us as well. Maybe a little bit of a rivalry already on the panel this morning, uh, uh, Calgary post secondary rivalry we'll get the, the, the sand the line in the sand here asap but thanks for That's having right. me <laughs> and last but not least making his second appearance now on the center ice podcast is hockey alberta's high performance coach mentor barry midori barry welcome back to the show thanks for asking me ted appreciate it 
And so with it being National Coaches Week, we're smack dab now in between the Team Alberta U16 and Team Alberta U18 fall camps as well as we get geared up for those competitions. Thought we'd just have a bit of a roundtable discussion about coaching from the grassroots level and up, uh, the experiences, obviously amazing experiences that can come with coaching, and really what it takes to be a successful coach. And of course, with uh, the three of you being on this panel, we're going to dive in a little deeper too into the Team Alberta process and what that looks like from a coach development standpoint. So just to get things rolling here, uh, keeping it simple to start uh, with Carla and Alex, uh, as former players who have moved behind the bench now, what made you kind of make that decision and, and what has kept you going to really make coaching a career for each of you? You know, uh, certainly, as you mentioned there, Ted, I had a really fortunate uh, playing career, a lot of fun. And, you know, as, as the career was sort of winding down and I, I knew retirement was, was coming about, it was really a no-brainer for me uh, that one day I wanted to coach. And, you know, when I look back at my playing days, I think it's just because of the coaches that had impacted me and, and how they, they made the game fun for me. They, they made the game challenging for me. Um, you know, it became such a big part of it. So, so for me, the transition from playing to coaching was actually really smooth. And I've said it a million times now, um, I actually enjoy coaching more. And I, I really loved playing. So I think for, for me, uh, it's just the opportunity to work with, with other people and help them achieve their goals. But certainly the, the transition was simpler for me than maybe some others. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've hit the coaching field here and haven't looked back. And for me, um, I had a little bit of a break from my playing career to my coaching career. So I missed the game. I missed the competition. I missed the camaraderie. I missed, um, yeah, there's, there's so much to to love about the game of hockey. So when, when I got into coaching, you, you think back and reflect on the, on the people that had the, the largest impact on you. And you hope that you can, you know, continue that legacy to the younger generation. So it's or the new generation and the players that you're coaching. Um, but yeah, to, to echo Carla, like it's, it's unbelievable to be a coach now and being involved and, and, um, and more so than a player. And you're right. Like I love the game and, and, love playing, but uh, being able to coach, it's just a phenomenal uh, opportunity. And Barry, you're you're a former player and you've uh, done a lot of coaching in your career as well. But now as a former teacher, your role with Hockey Alberta is really, you're a coach to the coaches. So what does that mean to you to, to be able to do that and, and give back and, and really help develop a, a lot of high quality coaches in Alberta? Well, I, I think, Ted, that uh, it is uh, paying it forward in a different way. Uh, having been a teacher for uh, many years, uh, it was a great segue into what I'm doing now. I'm very fortunate uh, that I was given the opportunity by Hockey Alberta to get involved with this job. When it started out, there was two lines about being uh, a coach mentor at a high performance level. That was basically the job description. So over the last, I don't know, 13, 14 years, we've ended up evolving it to where it is now, where I've had the opportunity and still having to work with Alex, to work with Carla and, and tons of other coaches within the branch, both at the high performance level, as well as the grassroots level. So it's been a unique experience and uh, it's kept me working. The passion's still there. And because Coaches Week is all about saying thanks, coach, uh, for each of you, you know, growing up playing hockey and even now as coaches and as you all continue to develop in your, in your respective fields, what role have coaches played in your lives? Not even just in hockey, but I know coaches can have a, a big impact outside the rink as well. Yeah, I think Barry hit the nail on the head there too. It's the teachers and coaches in our lives that shape us. And I think, you know, we're so fortunate to be part of a sport where, you know, when you're growing up every year, you get it typically anyway, you'll get a new experience with a new coach. And and when I look back at my career from when I started and I was the only girl playing in Spruce Grove, uh, you know, I had the dads there on the bench empowering me and encouraging me to go and never questioning anything. And you think of, you know, that starting point for my career was so critical. So Peter Plazier was my first ever coach. And I know he called me sweetie on the bench because I was only four years old. And, but, you know, he, he cared. And that's, I think, the, the theme throughout all my coaches is, uh, you know, you just want to know you're being cared for. You want to know you're being seen as a human. And, you know, as I work through the ranks, and I look back playing for Mel Davidson, playing for Shirley Cameron through the Hockey Alberta program. You know, the impact on, on, on me, what they've done for me to this day and continue to do for me is so impressive and, and so much appreciated. Uh, you know, I look at my college coach, Mark Johnson, Wally Kozak, again, a teacher of the game. Um, all these people continue to help shape me as a, as a coach, never mind when I was playing. 
you know, opportunity to work with, with Barry for, for several years now, you're always thinking and, and, and being creative in different ways. And so taking those little nuggets from everyone and everyone that has coached me has, has really helped shape me as a coach. And, and, you know, you can never be them, but certainly I think Alex and I probably try to steal some things along the way and emulate those people in, in different capacities at different times. Yeah. And then when you, you look at coaching and, or even the game of hockey, and we say that it's such a great game, it teaches us this, it teaches us this, but when you step back and become a mentor yourself and a coach yourself, you realize it's the people behind the scenes that are actually teaching you those lessons. So mentorship, um, teaching, support, all the hats that you have to wear, it really is uh, a credit to those, those coaches that you've had and even still have. I mean, as, as uh, Carly, you probably, we're both in the same boat. We're always seeking for mentorship and someone to help us out and to, to be in our corner when, you know, we're you know, a little bit down or something like that. We're trying to figure out the X's and O's on, on something, but it's that those life skills that you really want to take, uh, take away from and then help out with uh, your players. Um, and even the young coaches that you have on your staff, you're, you're, I think teaching and mentorship is such a valuable skill to have in coaching. Yeah, and I, I think the uh, the two words are very synonymous. Um, again, you know, starting out as a teacher, when I started coaching, I almost looked at it as the same thing because I needed people to teach me how to become a coach and things to think about and what to do. Certainly different than a classroom or a gym setting, but all of the planning and preparation and thought process and everything. And, and I think the key word Carly used it is just caring. Uh, for for kids and showing that and I've learned over time that no matter what level I've coached and the people that I've worked with if you show them that you care they don't really necessarily want to know how much you know to start with it, it starts with that caring piece and uh, just to add on Carla Peter Plazer and I are good friends and we coached against one another back in the day when dinosaurs were still running around the earth I think you might not have been around then but uh yeah, we're, we're very close friends in Spruce Grove now. That's really neat, Barry. Yeah. Please say hi to him for me. I will. And that's so there's uh, two different questions that can co- come out of that one now. But first of all, you know, and I think there might be some different answers here and some similarities, but I think when people, a lot of people look to answer this question, they, they look at the win column and the loss column, which I think is a, a big misconception. So what really does make a successful coach? I think I think the successful coach is the one that you can look back on and share such great experiences with them, right? And you know, fortunately, some of those are wins, right? And you, you are coming with, but some of the best supportive moments were the ones where we did have defeat and we had heartbreak and we had that empty feeling in our stomach. But they were there; they were there with the right thing to say and the perfect words to to pick you up and to keep you motivated and and to to keep moving and trying and. And those are the coaches that I try to emulate now that I'm a coach. And I know that that worked for me, but you talk with other players and, you know, they had a different um, approach to them and they also connected with them. So like, you're kind of scratching your head. It's like, how do they do this? How do, how do they mean so much to everyone? And um, I think it's really is just a credit to how well they knew people and how well they understood their players. And like Barry said, the, the trust that they built um, in order to be, a little bit vulnerable so that we could be vulnerable and, and recognize that they were always going to support us and have our back. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly that. I agree, Alex. It's, it's feeling, it's feeling valued. I think as a, as a player, as a contributor to the group and being heard and seen. And, you know, that again, boils down to that capacity to understand players as people, you know, you'll get far more out of them in any realm. If, if they do know you, you believe in them. And, uh, and so forging that rapport and taking the time to put in the effort there, not always just doing the hockey side, but finding out the life side and, and who they are as people, where do they come from? What's their story? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not an easy thing to do as a coach. It's very time consuming, but it's also, if it's your, you know, hopefully it's the passion of the coach is, is to be able to learn that and, and do that because that's the difference maker at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I hate to break it to all coaches. The game's the game. Everyone sees it. Everyone knows it. There's really no secrets anymore from the X's and O's. It's in, you know, in those moments of, of intense, you know, competition, do they believe in themselves that they can execute and, and achieve? And all that's done in the legwork leading up to that moment, nothing to do with the coaches or anything in that moment. So, you know, when I look back at my positive experiences, it's, it's exactly just that gut feel that when you think back on it, it makes you smile. So, so for me, my measure of success, it has always been, you know, when players graduate from, from my programs, our programs, do they come back, you know, years after and say hi and want to, want to have a coffee and, and catch up? To me, that means that 
there's something there that you've connected with them as a person. And, uh, and that's what I have valued so much as a player is the connection I've had. So that's something I try to bring to the teams I work with and, and the players that I have the chance to, to coach. The similar vein, but uh, reading uh, a little bit, one of the books that I, I read, and I, I love this man, um, John Wooden, and he was asked once uh, if he was a good coach. And he said, ask my players in 25 years if I was. So what Carla talked about is a truth. Uh, when I started coaching in Onaway, I had a group of five-year-olds moving on up through the ranks with them, my son being one of them. And up until a few years ago, when they started having kids, that group of kids still played together. They still communicate with me all the time. Uh, I would say that almost all of them now have kids and they all coach. And to me, that's a legacy of that as well is like Carla said, when they come back to you and talk to you and say things, it's meaningful. So I think that's the important part of it is showing that side of it, showing like you're saying they trust and that uh, that you really cared for them moving on through. Well, I know, and you, you all mentioned too, the, the experience part of it. And I think that's really what it's all about. And, and Carla, you mentioned going back to, you know, a couple of Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame honored members as well in, in Shirley Cameron and Wally Kozak. And, you know, you still talk about those coaches today. And I know Barry can attest to this and we're going to shift to talking about the Team Alberta program a bit more because uh, the two of you included, there have been some incredible coaches coming up through that program. You know, Alex, you're a part of it right now. You just really, you're, you're about to hit the ice again and you just spent all weekend in, in Red Deer at the U16 fall camp. And Carla, you're a Canada Winter Games gold medalist as a coach, which is a pretty amazing as well. So Barry, just talk a bit about the Team Alberta program and, and why it's so important for those coaches who do want to take the next step and coach at a bit higher level and maybe make it a career. You know, that program has really evolved now from, you know, it was just Team Alberta. And now there's the Prospects Cup, there's Alberta Challenge and Alberta Cup, as well as the U16, U18 program. So just talk a bit about that and how it's evolved as a, a great tool for coach development. Yeah, I think, you know, coaches end up having to take courses every few years to end up upgrading, learning, getting new material, learning what next level coaching is all about. So that's a certification part, the NCCP part of Hockey Alberta, Hockey Canada. But for a lot of coaches that want to end up becoming better, and I look back on myself, I only ever wanted to be one step ahead of my kids all the way through because I had a pretty smart bunch coming up and I, I wanted to be ahead of them. So that's sort of how I got started. And when I began working with Hockey Alberta, there was obviously some of this going on, but we've really tried to end up showing people the importance of coming on board, working with a whole bunch of different coaches, different experiences. Short-term competition is a beast in itself with the amount of work that has to be done in a short time. The magic that it takes to bring a, a group of players together in a short period of time and get them to care for one another, play for each other, and obviously setting goals and all of those things. So that's a lot of stuff that some coaches might go through in their experience in a small community or even a large one, you know, be it Calgary or Lethbridge or whatever. But I, I think the the Hockey Alberta experience is that much more. And again, a big part of our program, we have a pyramid and there's a whole lot of things that go in it, but we want good people and we want character people are the two bottom pieces. And, and as a coach, most come in and I think lots, you asked the question before about, you know, the, the development part of coaching. And this is where we're different than, than most other branches. We, we really try to teach even at the grassroots level, but at Team Alberta level, uh, the importance of developing athletes. And Carla can attest to it. She's just been through it. Alex has been through it in the under 16 side, but we have two goalies every year that go to an event and both goalies play the same amount of games until we get to the final game. And then it's whoever has earned the spot would get to end up playing in the final game. So basically, in a five-game tournament, two goalies would get two games each. One would get a third. A lot of the other branches uh, will end up playing their best goalie basically throughout the whole thing. It does make it a little more difficult for our coaches. But from a planning perspective and an understanding of what we're trying to do is to get all these kids to develop and become better. Uh, I think that's a model that, that we follow right from the beginning. And it's a teachable moment, and that's why I bring it up, because a lot of coaches, when they get into it, and again, go back to the last question, if you're not winning, you're not going to have good memories. Well, I would say that that's completely uh, wrong. 
uh, all of our events, when, when we were allowed to and when we did transport kids by bus to an event, there was 20 players and five coaches on the bus that would go to the event. 20 players and five coaches would leave and the measure of success there was when the kids got dropped off, that none of them wanted to get off the bus because they had become that tight, whether they finished first or eighth in the event. So to me, I, I think our programs really try to instill that in the coaches. That's the most important piece. The coaching, the preparation, the practice planning, the on ice, that's all like Carla said as part of the X's and O's. But it's that philosophical difference, I think, that sets us apart. And for you, Carla, now being part of Team Alberta as a player and as a coach, uh, what was that experience like for your development on, on both sides of the game, but especially, you know, transitioning from a, a player to a coach? How, how did that kind of help you in your growth uh, as a coach? Well, I think when I, when I look back to my Canada Games experience as a player, just realizing, you know, how it set me on my path to achieve my, my ultimate goals of one day playing on Team Canada. And, you know, you don't, I'm not sure at the time you fully appreciate what you're learning and what you're um, you know, putting in your in your back pocket as you move forward. But that's, you know, the first step into truly sort of that elite short-term competition experience. And, you know, when I look back and just little moments, uh, particularly I remember I was 12 on my first one, so I don't remember a lot. I was just kind of scared the whole time of all the 17-year-olds on the team. But when I got to go again in 99 and I had some really good, uh, solid conversations with Shirley Cameron, I I learned later on she was trying to do right by me and give me the opportunity to have most success individually. And she was, you know, then timesing that by 20. Um, and, and that's something I've, I've held on to that. It wasn't, a, it was never about her. It was always about us. And, and that just was a really neat moment. And then, you know, obviously I was given back to hockey Alberta throughout my playing days too. I've always believed in, in helping, you know, young Albertans have share the same dream and hopefully have the same success. And I thought that was really important. So when I stepped into coaching and was able to be an assistant coach, a couple times and head coach a couple times with hockey Alberta. Um, to me, it, it just warmed my heart because it's, it's where my roots lie. It's where it's, it's what got me to where I went. So, you know, my objective uh, through those, through those opportunities was to make sure that exactly as Barry said, when those players left that event, regardless of result, they were proud of that logo. They're proud to be a part of that team. They're proud to go back to their club team and share the experience because um, that's what it's about. If, if it's rooted in, in the, in the result. I hate to break it to people, but it, it's rarely going to be a success then. And that's just ridiculous. It's not what it's about. Um, you do it the right way. You work hard. Good things can happen. And certainly you can. It can breed success. But um, yeah, for me, it was just that opportunity to, to kind of, I've always felt that. I still feel that. I, I talk to Emma and Smashfire all the time. She's, you know, she's our lone Albertan at the national team right now. And just trying to mentor because, um, you know, you're, you're, I'm a proud Albertan I, and, and I'm Alberta built. So I believe in that model and I believe in, inspiring the next generation to to realize what the game can take where it can take us and what it can allot us and uh, it's the opportunity to meet others so yeah it's been it's been a treat to sort of have a full circle moment from a playing to a coaching perspective you could just see barry's head grow bigger and bigger as you say you know alberta built and, and proud alberta and i'm sure you're giving him goosebumps right now and that is really what it's all about and for you alex i think at least in my six years at hockey alberta i don't think there's ever been a team alberta event that you haven't been a part of whether it's the prospects cup alberta cup or or team alberta u16 and you're there in different roles every year so what keeps you coming back and really how have you grown every uh, year to year coming back because it's probably a a little bit different experience every time you come back no doubt ted it's, it's it's always great seeing you i think that's why i do it i want to i want to, <laughs> I want to hang out and chat with you but no it, it really is the people the people that uh, you cross paths with and this province has unbelievable coaches unbelievable players so why wouldn't you want to be a part of that and i think when i first got into it you know i played in the alberta cup so i'm like hey this will be kind of neat to, to coach in it as well and then you know, I, I'm back for year two because I wanted to have because um, I enjoyed it so much, and then I wanted to get going. But you know, Barry, um, you know, great mentor and coach, he'll make us do a SWOT analysis every year as a staff, and you, know, you, you kind of reflect on it. It's like if I'm putting the same weaknesses and opportunities on my sheet, and I haven't done anything with it, then am I really using this opportunity to its full advantage? And so that's really why I come back is. Is one, the people, um, you learn so much from others, the players, the coaches, and, and that's going to help you work on those things, continue your development. Right. And that's when I, you know, back to the, one of the first questions is, 
I'm always looking for ways of, uh, to learn, to grow, to add to my toolbox um, as a coach. And what better way than to learn from people that in this province that are Alberta built, that do buy into the, the philosophies here and, and find success and find ways to win that's more than just a gold medal. Obviously, we all want to win that. But when you look back at the six years that I've been part of it, uh, every year special, every year is different, but every year there, there's multiple successes that I get to smile back and stay in touch with the players. Like there's uh, who knew six years ago that um, a 20 year old uh, first year student was going to be on Mount Royal, Mount Royal Cougars. Like I wasn't six years ago. I would, that wasn't even on my radar. Right. And so it's just kind of crazy the, the paths that, uh, that continue to cross and the people and the relationships that you continue to build with. So it's a, uh, it's forever giving back when you give back. And it's really fun from the Team Alberta side watching a lot of coaches such as yourself come in and, and work their way, I guess, for lack of a better term, through the ranks. And Barry, I guess before we go to Barry, I'll give the kind of the Coles notes where, uh, you know, for the Prospects Cup and Alberta Cup and Alberta Challenge, you know, there's uh, you come in and you hire a staff for each team, whether it's six or eight teams. And so you have dozens of coaches every year coming in, taking in that experience. And of course, you know, you can go from a, an assistant coach to a coach. Uh, maybe go from Prospects Cup to Alberta Cup and then have a shot to, you know, eventually work with Team Alberta. Uh, so Barry, one role in there that's, again, very obviously you're going to have nothing but good things to say about it because it's it's what you oversee. But having those coach mentors in really all of those programs too is a, a pretty unique experience. And also um, not only for the coaches, but for anyone who wants to be a coach mentor for each team. It's just a, a, another step of growth for coaches that they may not even know is there. Yeah. And I, you know, whether you use the word mentor or resource or whatever, I think it's really important. Uh, both Carla and, and Mando have touched on it more than once in their answers about the importance of, you know, not just thinking that they have all the answers, but obviously seeking it out. And, you know, Carla mentioned Wally and, and Mel as being two in her life and uh, having worked with both of them as well. There's different times, even myself, when you're not sure of something, you look to somebody else for advice, for guidance, for a different viewpoint, for whatever else. The, the program is built on on that. And whether people look at it as, hey, it's a recognition piece, it's a next step. Uh, one of the things that I look at is exactly we've talked about all morning or who are the good people that are in our in our programs that can end up evolving themselves into helping others. And so again, it's another way of giving back. You're now coaching, but you're coaching coaches, not necessarily kids. So you're using the experiences that you've gained through our programs uh, to end up giving back to others and helping them to see, geez, I'm not planned enough. Boy, I'm not doing this well enough, or here's where I can grow. Uh, set two new uh, programs up within our grassroots ones that'll take shape a lot more next year uh, when we do run our programs. One is a mental performance uh, piece that will be added that staffs will be asked to help their players with because we've really found over time that that's the one bucket that isn't touched much. And in short term, it's even more important because kids are always afraid coming in. They don't know everybody. Uh, they, they've got their own idea of who they are as players. So it's a way for us to teach our coaches the importance of taking care of the kids, growing that piece of the garden uh, with them because they only look at what's on ice for the most part, and their parents do as well. So that's one piece. And the other one uh, that we started on a year ago, and I put more work into it, is just a coach development plan. So like Mando was saying, we do a SWOT analysis each year, and I change it up based on every year. You don't want to do the same thing all over again. But exactly what it's for is why, why are you doing this program? What's in it for you? What are you going to give back? And what do you want to learn and grow from uh, moving forward to help you as a coach? So if you're a first-year coach in uh, in the Alberta Winter Games or the the uh, Challenge uh, or the Pee Wee Prospects coming in and you've never done it before, suddenly when you're asked that, it forces you to start to think about your own growth and development. What do you want to get better at? And so the mentors now have a bit of a pathway that throughout the whole event from start to finish that they can help these coaches to see, here's where you're starting, here's some plans moving forward to get you there did you get there? And then what's next? So I, I think those two pieces with all of the other stuff will just be another added bonus for the program. And again, help coaches in Alberta to grow. 
And Alex, uh, probably last question for you here, because I know you have to hop hop on the ice right away. So we appreciate you squeezing this interview in. But you've been now both being a coach and a coach mentor. Uh, what is that process like? Because on both sides, you know, obviously the, the resources there, uh, having a coach mentor, but also it can be a little challenging, right? Because you have to learn sometimes to maybe uh, meet people in the middle or even sometimes, you know, it's you're not always going to get your way. Maybe as a coach, you have to embrace a, a different philosophy and maybe relook at the way uh, you coach. I think the big part is building that trust with the coach, right? They see us sometimes as mentors that, you know, we don't have their back or we're going to challenge and question everything or that we want to do it ourselves because we have, we've had the experience doing it. So I think that's the first challenge is trying to explain and, and get them on the same page that, no, no, I'm here to help you. And my questions aren't judgment, they're curiosity, right? I want to, I want to understand. I want to understand, like, you know, why did you do it this way? Why isn't it a, an awful question? It's a great question. It's just how you frame it. And, you know, then you start having some real dialogue with coaches and, you know, to see them grow and open up and, <laughs> Uh, I would, I'd be remiss not to share, you know, my first experience with Barry. We always laugh about it, right? I was that coach. I was the the young buck that, you know, thought he had it all figured out. <laughs> and there was a little bit of a head knocking going on. And now it's like giving Barry calls to ask questions. You know, what book are you reading? We're both, um, both love talking um, books. We're always reading things and, you know, watching and seeing how that, that relationship has evolved. So it's, it's, giving people opportunity, like the space that they need, but also continuing to show that, no, I got your back. I'm here to help you. I want to, you to have the best experience possible. These are the things and the philosophies that we believe in, in, in terms of the program and just kind of observe and, and support the best that you can. Right. And, and that's really what it is, is building trust in that relationship. And Carlos said it before the, the connections, right. You, you can't do anything by yourself. You need to have a, a group of people. So it's, it's, it's building that, uh, trust and connection. Then I think we could have a, a whole different episode just on Barry Midori stories with all the, the former Team Alberta players and, and coaches. But Alex, we'll, we'll turn you loose here so we have a proper opportunity to say goodbye because uh, you got to get on the ice there. But thank you for joining uh, the three of us here and uh, best of luck too at the WHL, come up, WHL Cup coming up in October here. So thank you again. Well, thanks for having me and, and, and thank you for pairing me with such great coaches as Barry and, and Carla. Best of luck to you, Carla, this year and congrats on the job and, and the new role. And Barry, we'll see you soon. And Ted, take care. Thanks very much. And, and so, Carla, I guess we'll, we'll continue the conversation as well, because you've also had some of that you know, experience working with Barry, but other coach mentors as well. And, and again, how, do you, how did you embrace the challenge, so to speak? Because I, I, again, can assume that there are some times where you and other coaches or you and Barry don't necessarily agree. But again, that learning experience comes yeah, from that as well. Yeah, I think no different than as a coach, you're trying to you know, get your group on the same page. You know, if you're not willing to, to have some roughage or some, some real conversation, I don't think you're ever growing. So when you look at those opportunities of, of those conversations where maybe as the coach, you're a little defensive because you are being questioned and you think you've, you've checked all the boxes, there isn't a conversation that if, if you're a, a natural grower in life and you want to learn, you're always learning, that you don't reflect on those conversations and be appreciative because they do, you will always look at it slightly different. And, and I think that's the value in, in having great people around you that don't see it exactly the same as you. It's no different than your players. They don't see it the same, all of them. So you, you have to be willing to always have communication and have those conversations to ensure, you know, you're, you're moving the whole group in, in the same direction. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, whether it's Barry, if you're working the Hockey Alberta side or just your life mentors, you know, you, you want them to, to come at it from a slightly different angle. And, and then when, and again, when you have the foundation of respect, you're always going to walk towards the right solution. And, you know, it's a little give and take on both sides always. Um, but I just find the communication and, and the capacity to to have an environment where you can be vulnerable and have a conversation is the most important piece for growth, regardless if it's mentor to coach or coach to players. And so that's a big part of a, establishing the culture and environment that you need to be successful. And so I, I always hate steering towards this topic, but it is really the most prevalent topic out there. And to be relate to every single coach 
out there across the province. You know, Barry, you mentioned uh, when you joined us the the couple episodes ago that you know, obviously, COVID threw a huge wrench in the season last year, and we really don't know what hockey's going to look like this year. But you said last season cannot and should not be a lost season for anyone, whether it's players or coaches, because there was a lot of opportunity for growth in different ways and challenging that adversity. So what did you see and what do you continue to see from coaches really at at every single level uh, where they're trying to really push through the roadblocks of last year and still trying to develop players the best they can, even if it's off the ice? Yeah, I I think I... I ended up doing make work projects throughout the year, Ted, and probably did, I don't know, 30 or 40 Zoom sessions with teams, with coaching staffs, with organizations. Started out on on wellness, then it went to mental toughness, and then it went to what do you do on the ice? How do you divide it up? Different sorts of ideas, you know, with drills and skills and that. And what I found in talking with coaches throughout and even now and watching my grandkids play is what they missed was a camaraderie of what we're talking about, being a group, being together, getting to the rink, laughing, working hard together, all of those sorts of things. The coaches that were self-aware and recognized that it could be, and, and it's like anything in life with adversity, you you can go two ways. And it, that old feed the wolf, you know, feed the good wolf or the bad wolf, I think comes out in it. If you're, if you took it negatively that you couldn't do what you're normally used to doing. You didn't use it as a growth opportunity. If you took it the other way, you're learning a lot more about how to develop players' individual skills because that's what it's all about. And having gone to Europe enough times through Hockey Canada experiences, I can tell you that their their practice to game ratio is a lot different than ours. Their kids are very skilled and it's just that, that that's the way that they do it. And every coach can teach skating to puck handling to whatever. So there was a growth opportunity there for coaches that took advantage of it. Uh, another one was what can you do off ice? So that was a lot of what I presented was on how do we help these kids and ourselves through what's going on? Because we could again be the poor me side of it. Uh, so reading, there was tons of different sessions, whether it was NHL or coach site or whatever that you could take part in and learn from. Uh, I know I read probably at least 20 books uh, throughout it just on different things. So the ones that saw it as a glimmer of hope and an opportunity, I think seized it and, and did a great job. And I think most coaches did do that. They didn't lose sight of the fact that they still had a team to work with and they wanted to help their players through it as much as it was helping themselves as well. And just talking with coaches now at the rink this year, you can just see that excitement again with the kids being back and them being on the ice. And right now, for most coaches anyways, it's going through the phase of selecting teams and all of that, but they're back to the rink and the smell of the rink and, you know, being with people and all of that stuff. So if they took advantage of it, they learned a lot and gained a ton and their players will be much better for it. And I I would hope that most coaches in Alberta did that and are going to be better for it this year and moving forward. Well, and we can find out at least one example right now, because Carla, for, for you as a coach, what did that season look like? And, and how did you, I guess, really um, same as, as what Barry just said, like how did you push through that adversity as a coach? Because I can only imagine it's, uh, well, it's very new to everyone, but just a, a really difficult year to try and keep players engaged and, and move well, forward again, if you, the best If you look you at can. it from an optimistic standpoint and sort of a, what it allowed for is it allowed us to see them as, as people. Uh, we, we almost had to remove the game from the equation at, at times, right, when we were all at home. And so, so yeah, the creativity, um, which hopefully for most coaches, that should, you know, that's a part that gets you excited is this chance to be creative, whether it's within the game or within team building, within the mental performance. So so that's what it was. Like I think for me, my brain didn't stop the whole year. Okay, what can we do next? What can we do next? And you know what? One of the, the key pieces that I felt was important. It's interesting, Barry, because we actually did it with Team Alberta sort of unknowingly in some capacity as well that you're heading into Red Deer was just calling them on the phone and just chatting. So there wasn't, it wasn't about anything to do with hockey. It was just actually as human to human and no different. They get to see me then too. It was just, you know, how was life going? How was, how was quarantine with your three siblings? How, you know, how was, how was the dinner table going? These like, just talk, you know, what's, what's going on on the bachelorette? You know, like you just have a conversation that, takes takes you away from the game and away from what was going on and just and just let you be two people who who respect each other having a conversation. So we did a lot of that too. And I thought that was invaluable um, in a lot of ways. 
And at the end of the day, when you got the green light to go do something, we did the best we could to be creative and, and keep it fresh. Um, I think that was one of the challenges as a coach was there's a lot of warm up drills we did last year. It's like, <laughs> what are we going to do? That's going to not, you know, make my brain go crazy. Never mind there. So just being creative. And, and again, as Barry said, those were just using your resources, tapping into sort of new ideas or calling random coaches to say, hey, what are you doing these days? So just sharing within your network was really important. But yeah, I thought for the, the COVID year, you know, it allowed us all to sort of look inside and say, okay, you know, who am I as a person? Where do I need some help with? Like some are intrinsically motivated, others aren't. So, you know, trying to figure out what everyone needed uh, was a neat part of the puzzle and certainly allowed me to get to know my team a, a lot better. And now that rolls perfectly into the last question here, because I think the central theme of coaching is your is creating the experience for players. And I know we've talked a lot about the high performance side of coaching, and obviously you really can go a long way with coaching. Uh, you know, if 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 the drive is there, if you know the game, and you're really willing to work on it. But I know for me, growing up. I played low level hockey. So there's just a lot of parent volunteer coaches who are out there because coaches are needed. And a lot of them have made really still, I think about them to this day. And my dad was one who coached all the time. People see him in the grocery store still 25 years later and say, Hey coach. So for both of you, I guess, Barry, I know you hate giving advice to people, but you're going to have to to make an exception here. But for anyone out there, you know, who's either coaching right now or thinking about coaching, doesn't matter the level, what advice do you have for them to really just get into the game and, you know, work on it, on their coaching as, as much as they can to create those experiences, not just for the players, but themselves mm. as well? That's a loaded question, Ted. People don't <laughs> know what they don't know. I would start with that one. If you're nothing without a gold medal, you're nothing with one, would be a Wallyism that to me is there. It's about it's about development, not about the winning aspect. Winning takes care of itself through the process. I think another one that as parents and coaches today, we're, we're missing the boat on. We're giving kids opportunities that require no uh, adversity in it. Um, we all want our kids to be successful no matter what it is or where it is. And I think in working with Carla, I think it was the first year, Carla, that we showed the video at the summer camp about fail harder. And to me, that's so important as well, is the fact whether you're a coach or a player, uh, that you can't not take that uh, as being really sound uh, philosophical advice that we're not all going to be successful wherever we want to go. We apply for jobs. We apply for coaching jobs. We don't always get them. So what are you going to learn from it? How are you going to get better? I think just uh, being um, a lifelong learner, finding things that interest you and uh, and going after it. And I know they asked Michael Jordan years ago and Kobe has answered similar is, you know, why are you so good at your game? And it's because they loved it. It was their passion. And so they were on it 24-7 and it just grew on them. And that's why they became great. I mean, obviously there's some DNA involved too. But at the end of the day, it, it's it's about you loving what you're doing. So three or four tidbits of, uh, of advice, I guess. And I'll just, I'll, I'll guess I'll build on that one. And I know f- for all of us involved in hockey, first and foremost, to all the coaches, thank you, because it is a volunteer gig for 99% of the coaches out there. And it comes with a heavy, it comes with a heavy load. Um, and it, it seems to get heavier day by day at, at, or it can feel that way anyway. So, so to all the volunteers across the province that, give back to the, the kids in our game, like, just thank you. Because, you know, we, we talked about it earlier in the broadcast, the impact that you're having, we've all felt it, you know, being, being in, in the sport. So, so that's number one. And I think, you know, back to that point about sort of cultivating that environment as Barry's alluding to, like, I think as a coach, it's really, really important. We, we determine what, what matters to us, what are our values, because that's, what's going to guide you through everything. So, you know, if, if winning is your top priority, you know, I, I guess in some capacity, that's your choice. You need to make sure everyone around you understands that that's your top priority because your values are going to set the, the set the experience. And, you know, if it's going to be a passion, it's going to be enjoyable. The environment has to be one you want to come into as a, as a young player. And, and as a coach, you have a lot of control over that. And I think that's really important. I think communicating with the parent group also has a big you know, factor in sort of the experience and the environment of the year is also really important. And understanding from both sides, that's a give and take. You know, the parents have to understand coaches are doing their best. In my opinion, it always has to boil down to development. I don't care what level uh, we're at. I don't think there's anything in our province. I would say the Oilers and Flames would argue that they have to be about development as well. The national team has to be about development as well. So, 
you know, there, there's really no excuse not to have that as one of your pillars uh, for success when, when trying to help young players in the game. And, you know, what does development mean? Well, that's, you know, can be dis- decided, you know, amongst your staff and team and everything like that. But don't lose sight of the fact that it's an absolute privilege to have the chance to positively impact others. And that's what coaching gives us. The vehicle is hockey, but the outcome is the chance to positively impact somebody else. And if you never lose sight of that, you know, typically good things will happen. Wow. So that is a perfect note to end on. And I think lots to take there for, again, coaches from every level of the game, uh, whether they're just getting into it or have been coaching for 10, 20 plus years. So thank you to both of you again, uh, and Alex Mandelitis as well, who who had to leave a, a little early. But thank you for joining us. Uh, a great discussion as always. And, and Carla, best of luck to you this season. Your inaugural one behind the bench with the Dinos. And Barry, you know, you have uh, the U18 camp coming up, so we'll see you later this week. And if we don't, uh, Good luck with that as well. And yeah, thank you again to both of you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Ted. Great job, Carla. Thanks. Good to see you. Yeah, you too, Barry. Good luck. One last thank you to Barry Midori, Alex Mandelitis, and Carla McLeod for a great discussion. And as you can see, there's not really a way to be a perfect coach, but a million ways to be a really good coach. So I'm going to... I might have to trademark that. But anyways, a great conversation that highlights just how many opportunities there are out there for coaches to learn and grow, uh, really, regardless of where you want to go in your coaching career. Uh, so again, thank you to the three of them and lots of passion there for coaching as well. And they've all had some great experiences through coaching and will continue to as well. So it's always nice to shine a little light on that as well. And with that, Another episode of the Center Ice Podcast comes to a close. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Thank you to all our guests. And of course, one last thank you to all the coaches out there for doing what you do. For Justin Fessick, Barry Midori, Carla McLeod, and Alex Mandelitis, I'm Ted Emmett, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Center Ice Podcast. For this episode and more, head to hockeyalberta.ca. If there's a topic you'd like covered on an upcoming episode, email info at hockeyalberta.ca.